This is the Worth Recovery Podcast, featuring women in addiction. friends. Welcome to the Worth Recovery Podcast. I'm Amy. I'm your host here. I'm a sex and a food addict. I've been sober since December 2nd of 2012. I'm grateful to be back with you today with episode 88. Um, I The last few weeks have been really crazy. I thought we were going to lose my mom and things have just kind of been really, really up and down and I haven't had the opportunity or the time to really record a podcast So I appreciate your patience with me during this kind of transitional and difficult time for my family and for me. And uh, I'm grateful to be back with you though today. I have missed recording these podcasts and, and kind of speaking some of the things that are going on for me in recovery. So I'm excited to be back and I'm excited to bring you this episode, episode 88 called The Power of And, like the word and, right? I want to share with you today the power of the word and. I've hinted at this a few times as we've gone through with different episodes and I've even shared a little bit of my ideas around it, but I wanted to specifically call it out today because it has changed so many things for me in my life and especially recently. There's just been a lot of instances recently where the power of the word and has really come to light in my life. Now, let me tell you kind of how I got here and this how this journey started. About a year ago, I think it was a little over a year ago, I, uh, I was watching um, two friends discuss a very heated topic on Facebook. And I, I knew the one guy, Ben, but the other, the other gentleman that was chiming in in this kind of comment, d- heated discussion, I didn't know him. But Ben is my friend. And so I'm watching these two kind of go at it in these Facebook comments. Now, that's not typically the forum where I like to discuss things. But in this case, not but, not but, in this case... I was really interested in this topic of what was, what was being said and what was going on. One said something like, you're making sense, but blah, 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 blah. And the other friend, Ben, chimed in and said, you know, every time you say the word but, I feel like you're negating everything that came before that word. And, and I watched this argument kind of play out and I thought to that myself, wow, that really, that really makes sense. That really resonated. I feel that way every time I see the word but or when someone's trying to talk to me and they say, but you forgot or but this or but that. I feel like everything before that word just kind of got negated, was left out, was canceled out, crossed out. It doesn't matter what happened or was said before that word. When you hit that word but, it's like everything prior to that goes away. That concept really resonated with me. I am a musician. Um, I play the piano and a bunch of other instruments. And I really resonated with that idea because a lot of times you would come to perform or you would come for a lesson to your teacher and they would say, you played well, but you missed this note. 
And so what do I focus on? I don't focus on I played well. I focus on I missed this one note and so I might be horrible, right? <laughs> or they might say, well, this part was really great, you know, and you did really well right here. But in this part over here on this page, things were not so great or you missed this or blah, 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 right? And again, I don't focus on the this part was great. I focused on what happens after the word but, right? Everything before the word but gets negated. This also happens as a teacher. I'm a mathematician, you know that, and I teach math. And, and sometimes I can find myself doing the same type of thing. You did this well, but you missed the problem, right? Well, they don't care if they did that well because they missed the problem, right? You solved this part, but you missed this blah, 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 right? So they don't care that they solved this part. All they focus on is the but, but blah, blah, blah. And it really stuck with me. I really wanted to think about that. Does the word but really negate everything that was said before that? It felt true. And as I kind of went along thinking about that idea a little bit more, it was not more than like a week later I was on a phone call with one of the women that I coach in recovery and she said something to me like, I might be sober and working a recovery program, but I am still a horrible person and I am never, ever going to be able to forgive myself. Now, my, my heart sank for her because I, that, that feeling is so familiar to me. I might be sober, I might be living a, you know, recovery program, I might have a podcast, but I'm still a horrible person, but, right? I'm still a horrible person and I will never forgive myself. And and I remember thinking, it's true. Like, but negates everything before. I might be sober and I'm working a recovery program, but I blah, blah, blah. Like, and so my recovery program doesn't count or my sobriety doesn't count because of all these other things. And I realized that, it's true that that word, but, negates nearly everything that comes before it. Again, I'm still thinking and ruminating on this, and not more than another week later, I sat in my therapist's office. We were discussing some difficult things around my mom and my family. I don't remember exactly what I said, but something like, <laughs> but, see, I'm stopping myself. I don't remember exactly what I said. It was something like, my mom taught me some really great things. I've learned a lot from her, but she also did some damage and I'm having a hard time with it. And, and this is when things changed for me because my therapist stopped me. She corrected me. And in place of the word, but, she said the word, and. Your mom taught you a lot of things and you learned a lot from her. And she did some emotional damage that you are still struggling with. It was one of those truth moments. Have you had those moments where like truth rings into your body and it's like your whole soul resonates with it and you just have this feeling of rightness and correctness and peace. And my body even relaxed a little bit like, oh, I don't have to use the word but it's not, but it's not an either or it's not. My mom taught me a lot of things and I learned a lot from her, but she did some emotional damage. And, and so one doesn't cancel out the other, right? I could use the word and 
My mom taught me a lot of things. I learned a lot from her and she did some emotional damage that I'm still struggling with. I am sober and I'm working a recovery program and I'm still struggling to forgive myself. I love my family very much and they are difficult to get along with sometimes. I am living in recovery and sometimes I struggle and slip. Replacing the word but with the word and is an amazing strength and power for us in recovery. I feel like it helps me personally do a few different things in recovery. One is that it helps me avoid extreme thinking. Replacing the word but with the word and helps me to avoid extreme thinking. Early on in recovery, my very first therapist in recovery, Aaron, we were sitting down in his office and I don't, you know, I don't remember all the details around the situation, but we were discussing work. I was in a situation at work with a boss that was extremely emotionally and verbally abusive. And he would um, throw things. He would come into my office and he would rant and rave about something, usually something I had no control over that was not part of my job. He just loved to rage. And he would pick things up and he would throw them. And we were talking about this situation and I was in this, you know, either or, this but mentality, right? Like, I can't do this, but I can't. It was just kind of this whole thing. I can't say no to him, but it's damaging, right? I can't ask him to leave my office, but this is causing a lot of problems for me. And, and I was kind of in this like extreme thinking mode. And I remember Aaron telling me, Amy, you are, you're polarizing your options here. It's only, you're only looking at two options and there are at least 15 options in the middle, at least 15 options. And I remember him saying, you're going to need to come up with at least five more options. So I would say I could do this or I could do this. And he would say, and I could do this and I could do this and and he would make me come up with five options in the middle at first it was really really difficult for me because I was so used to this extreme thinking right this polarizing options you know these kind of contradicting ideas on the total extremes of the scale and using the word and Aaron helped me to see that there were lots of options in the middle that I could come to the middle space here and make a really good decision. It didn't have to be this kind of either or. Using the word and helps me to reconcile and hold these different options together. And so he would do that. And I find that's a tactic, that's a strategy that I still use today. When I feel like I only have two options in front of me, or I get that kind of trapped feeling in my heart where I'm like, I'm trapped. I can only do one of two extremes. I sit down and I breathe and then I tell myself and come up with five more options and right and come up with five more options. When I'm in extreme thinking, I use the word but a lot because I say things like this is what I want to do, but I can't because I'm trapped, right? Or like, this is, you know, this is my, this is the good option. But if I do that, 
then that's going to damage myself. This is the rescuer option because I'm a rescuer. So I like to rescue people. So I'd be like, I, I could do this, but it would, you know, damage me as well. And kind of looking at those extreme options and instead of using the word but, using the word and has really, really helped me in recovery to avoid that extreme thinking, to stay in middle ground, to stay in the right area that helps me to stay sober and is true to myself, helps me move forward in a way that will help me. Now the second, I hope that makes sense. (laughs) I hope that makes sense to you. The second reason or the second thing that I have found in my life that really helps me when I use the word and instead of the word but is that it helps me take more accountability and responsibility for my own actions. I've noticed this the most when I've been working step four or step nine when I'm making amends. As I list like the harms done that I've done to other people, my mind would scream out, but they did this, right? But they hurt me first, but they damaged me, but they responded this way, but they cheated, but they did this, but they acted out. And I would have this whole list of like buts, buts, buts. And as I kind of had to peel that back and really take accountability for my own actions, I realized that every time I use the word but, I'm just putting excuses and rationalizations in there. I didn't want to take accountability for the things that I had done because I wanted someone else to take accountability for what they had done. And and I can't control that. All I can do is control my own actions. And so as I've worked to replace the word but with the word and... I find that I can take more accountability for my own actions and for my responsibility for the things that I've said and the things that I've done. Instead of saying, but they hurt me first, I can say, and they hurt me, right? But that doesn't excuse what I've done. It doesn't excuse what happened. It doesn't excuse what I did, what I did to them or the damage that I've caused in their lives. This really has helped me a lot as I've thought about how I can take more accountability for my life. I want to do things and act in a way that is congruent with who I am, with what I want from my life. And understanding that when I use the word but, I'm not taking full accountability has really, really helped me to change the way that I approach these situations. Because I want to take full accountability. When I take full accountability, that's when I can change. I can't change my life. I can't change who I am. I can't change anything about me until I take accountability for myself. And when I use the word but, I'm kind of delegating that responsibility. I'm saying it was their fault. It was their fault that I did what I did. You know, when I say, I know that, you know, what I said hurt you, but you said something hurtful first. And so I'm not taking accountability for what I did. I know I cheated. Well, you cheated first or, you know, you did this. You did this, so I did that. And that whole idea of like tit for tat is just a way for me to not take accountability. And I know that when I'm using the word but, I am not taking accountability. And so I try, have tried really hard this last year To really focus on not using that word, it's hard, but to try to use the word and 
and to really take accountability for my actions. So replacing the word but with the word and helps me avoid that extreme thinking and it helps me to take more accountability and responsibility for my actions. And then the third thing that it has really helped me to is to kind of reconcile and hold two contradicting emotions or events together at the same time. And I found this really helpful as I work to be relational, as I work to have relationships with other people. One of my, so kind of let me explain this and then I'll explain how this works. So one of my, one of my like default mechanisms, I call it cut and run. So when something difficult happens with somebody or I get into an argument or things just aren't going the way that I want them to go or anything like that, my tendency is to cut and run, right? Rather than try to work through it, rather than ask them about it, rather than be direct, rather than have to deal with some kind of conflict at all, my first tendency is to just cut off the relationship and run, go someplace else, do something different. And it's not just in relationships, like if my job becomes difficult, I will cut and run. If I don't like, you know, where I'm living, I will cut and run. It's just this whole concept of my life. I cut and run. Part of the reason that I do that is because I have a really hard time holding contradicting emotions together in for one person. I love you, but I'm really mad at you right now. Like I can't, that's really difficult for me. I feel like if I love them, I shouldn't be mad. And I don't like the word should. You know that too, right? So if I love them, then I sh- like I've been trained to feel like I shouldn't feel these negative feelings towards them. I shouldn't be angry. I shouldn't be frustrated. I shouldn't be upset because I love them, right? And so I shouldn't have these contradicting emotions about the same person. Now, I know that that's not true. So if you're listening, that is not true, P.S. But that was one of my kind of things that I learned growing up, and it's kind of part of my default setting, is that I shouldn't have these contradicting emotions for people at the same time. Now, I use the word should, and I don't like the word should, but that was one of the default settings that I learned growing up. And so... I just used the word, but I'm trying to stop that. See, I'm trying to, I'm trying to catch myself and stop that. Sorry. Sorry. I didn't mean to do that. So I don't like the word should because of the shame that I think comes along with that. And so what I'm saying is that when I started to feel those contradicting emotions for people, I felt shameful because I shouldn't feel that way. And so rather than deal with the shame or the contradicting emotions, I would just cut the relationship and run, right? So one of the things that has really, really helped me is replacing the word but with the word and. I can say things like, I love you and I'm really upset with the way that you handled that situation. And for me, replacing that helped me to realize that, excuse me, helped me to realize that I didn't have to have an either or. It didn't have to be one or the other. I I could love that person and I could be upset with something, either the way they handled something, the way they treated me, what they said, what they did, didn't matter. I could, I could do both. I can love them and be upset with them. 
And that's a tendency that I have seen in a lot of addicts. I would say actually most addicts that I've seen or worked with is that we have this hard time putting these contradicting emotions together. How do we reconcile that? And replacing the word but in those sentences with the word and has just helped my life and changed my life immensely because it allows me to have both of what I felt was contradicting emotions. They really aren't, but I felt that way. It was kind of my default setting to feel like those were contradicting emotions, but I, not but, and I've learned that that's not true. I can love someone and I can be upset with them. I can love someone and be angry. I can love someone and be hurt that that is part of being relational, that there will be times when that happens. And using the word and has helped me to reconcile those, to hold them together, hold those emotions together and realize that they don't cancel each other out. Just because I'm upset with them does not mean that I don't love them, that they don't cancel each other out. That as long as I work to work through that and be relational with them and to understand where they're coming from and to talk to them about the situation, that those aren't contradicting emotions, that I can, I can sit in that and I can learn to work through that with that person. So I hope that made sense. (laughs) Those three things have really, really helped me as I've replaced the word, but with the word, and it helps me avoid extreme thinking. It helps me take more accountability and responsibility for my actions And it helps me to reconcile and hold what felt like contradicting emotions together for the same person. As I've worked this last year to really eliminate the word but from my vocabulary, I'm not perfect at it, as you know, because I did it a couple times on this podcast episode, but it is not but. See, look, I did it again. (laughs) So it has really helped me though. And it has really helped me. It has really helped me to move through some of these emotional or extreme thinking or thinking patterns, I should say. It has helped me to move through some of these thinking patterns that get in the way of me being relational, of me being able to build solid relationships in my recovery that caught that it gets helps me to move through these thinking patterns that cause shame spirals for me. And it has really helped me to change the way that I view myself to provide a little bit more grace for myself, a little bit more self-compassion, and to really understand that I'm trying to do the best that I can and trying to move forward in a helpful, healthy way. So I hope that helps you. I hope that you can think about where you use the word but to bring in excuses, to not take accountability, to rationalize your extreme thinking, or to use the cut and run aspect of things in your life. Your homework for today is to really, really try to go one full day. I just want you to go one full day without using the word but. Instead, use the word and. And when you do use the word but, try to catch yourself and correct yourself and try to figure out a way to use the word and instead. It's a really great exercise to stop correct yourself and realize what you're trying to do and use the word and instead. The word and has a lot of power. It's just a small word in our dictionary, a small part of our vocabulary 
but it has a lot of power as we try to build healthy relationships and as we try to move forward in our recovery and move up to the next level to be relational with people and to to build these relationships that will that will help us in our lives and connect with other people so i hope that you find that helpful today i hope that you're able to to think about that and to find areas of your life where you can use the word and instead of the word but a few quick reminders as we close today. Registration is now open for our event in Bothell, Washington, just outside of Seattle, coming up this July on July 15th. Our event is titled Intentional Recovery. Healing happens on purpose. And I'm incredibly excited for this event. So you can get online, get all the information at worthrecovery.com events. Also, big shout out to our Worth Warriors. Thank you so much for everything that you do and everything that you contribute so that we can remain free. So this podcast can remain free for all the women in recovery that are out there. As always, ladies, I hope that you remember that you are worth recovery. No matter what is going on in your life, no matter how you feel right now in this moment, no matter what others are saying or doing, you are worth recovery. 100% worth it. I believe in you. I know you can do it. So keep up the fight. Don't forget, you can support Worth Recovery by being a Worth Warrior. If this podcast has helped you even just a little bit, if you think it's worth a dollar, get online and join the movement. All the details are on the website, worthrecovery.com. Ladies, I think about you, I pray for you, and I love you. Until next time, Amy. stuff. The mission of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.